Hey friends, Zolgar here with some exciting news. I'm going to be at SAC Anime in Sacramento, California, September 2nd through 4th, Rose City Comic Con in Portland, Oregon, September 9th through 11th, and Salt Lake Fanex in Salt Lake City, Utah, September 22nd through 24th. I won't have a table, but I will have some buttons that I can hand out if you come find me. I'll be hanging out with my friend, the Peculiar Magpie, at his booth selling cool props and nerdy art pieces. I will post pictures and booth numbers on our social media during each show. I'm Grim. I'm Zolgar. That's Kaiju. And this is Two Idiots and a Dog, Idiots on Film. Where we explore movies that we love... Or think are important for pop culture. This week, we are talking about the 2021 Mortal Kombat. So we chose this movie for a few reasons. First of all, it's a great action fest that we both enjoyed. Uh, Another one of those way better than we were expecting it to have any right to be. I mean, that doesn't take much. Admittedly, our bar going in was low. (laughs) Because both of us watched the 1990s Mortal Kombat. That's my childhood. Tread carefully. I am going to stomp all over your childhood. Stomp, 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 stomp. Just like you've stomped all over this preamble. You don't need a preamble. Uh, We also picked it because it's a relatively recent one coming out in 2021. And a year later, it's still pretty good. So yeah, we picked it, like I said, because it's enjoyable. It's a fun action romp. It's kind of a reboot of a part of my childhood. And... That's relatively recent. And it's honestly not a steaming pile of which is surprising. Eh, yeah, a little bit. So, one thing before we start the episode. God, what now? Did you know that we have a poll going for listeners' choice episodes? You mean like letting our fans pick a movie for us? Exactly like that. That's a terrible idea. Only an idiot would have come up with that. I know, right? It's on Patreon, and we'll run through the end of October. Patreon? Doesn't that mean they have to be a patron to vote? Yes, totally. They have to give us money to vote. No, not really. No, it is completely public and anyone can vote. So, Mortal Kombat 2021. Alright, I want to get one thing out of the way real quick. This is very important to old school Mortal Kombat fans. Yes, they worked the song back into the movie. So, one of the things I found most interesting about this movie, I think, is that Despite being a film from a fairly large production company, it has a basically no star cast. Yeah, uh, I mean, several of the actors have been in this or that in various smaller roles. Yeah, most of the actors... television. Yeah, most of the actors have had smaller roles in bigger properties, or they've been in TV, but none of them are really... I mean, I think the one of the closest is the actress that played Sonya Blade was a major character in The Meg, which was not exactly... Yeah. Was not exactly high cinema and, you know, playing opposite Jason Statham. Yeah, it, it, it was an interesting casting choices, but the cast did very well. Two in particular stole the show. That would be Scorpion and Sub-Zero? Yep. Oh, yeah. Raiden was exactly what Raiden should have been. 
Just a complete dick. But a dick with a purpose. All of the really just, oh god, I can't believe he just did that things that Raiden does. All serve a purpose. You know, earlier when we were talking, you were pronouncing it Raiden. Now you're pronouncing it Raiden. Are you, are you just trying to get fans to yell at us for mispronouncing it or something? Somebody would have to listen to this first. Hey, I like, 20 people are going to listen to it. And none of them have yelled at us for anything so far. So, if you think Grimm is pronouncing Raiden wrong, you can email us and tell us that Grimm's an idiot. Do you have a problem with how I'm saying Lord Raiden? What's he riding on? I'm not making that joke in an episode. <laughs> not not on not on this episode, at least. Maybe on Unleashed. Maybe. Of course, I'm the actor that played Kano. Wanted to punch him. Which is exactly what you needed. Exactly. So the cast was good. The acting was acceptable. The acting worked perfectly well because all of the characters are fighting game characters. So that means they are caricatures as opposed to actual characters. I'll be honest. The weakest for me, and this isn't meant to be an insult or anything, or but the actor who played Liu Kang was the weakest in my opinion. He was the weakest link. But he was still good enough, and his action sequences were really well done. At least the ones where you know it has to be him. Yeah. I'm sure the others were like stunt crew or whatever. Although I actually find myself wondering if some of them, they were cast because they can also do their own stunts. It's possible. So one of the big things we're going to want to talk about here real quick is that longtime Mortal Kombat fans will have already picked up on the fact that we have a whole new character. I mean, I am not a longtime Mortal Kombat fan. I have played one Mortal Kombat game and seen the old, two old movies. And even I was pretty sure that Cole was created for this movie. Yeah, and he was. Uh, so we have Cole Young who is a new character. He's our perspective character who introduces us to the supernatural weirdness of Mortal Kombat. Well, technically, Sonya Blade introduces us to supernatural weirdness. Cole Young is who she's introducing. I said he was our perspective character. Yeah, but you said he introduces us. He doesn't. <laughs> Kaiju kill. Which, of course, that is that is a very commonly used trope in any kind of media, especially one that has an established lore that not necessarily everyone consuming that media is going to know. And yeah, you, uh, you put the outsider in. Yeah, call back to an episode we did before. Hellboy. Myers existed solely to be our perspective character. Yeah, he was the outsider. To introduce us to the world of Hellboy. That's Cole's job here. But what was really cool about it is they actually worked him into the lore. They worked him into the universe beyond just being a new guy there. He is a bloodline descendant of Scorpion and spends a lot of it just kind of fish out of watering it a little bit because while he is a fighter, he's lost that spark. Yeah, he's lost that spark. He doesn't necessarily... At the start, he doesn't really believe much in the supernatural and... While he accepts it pretty quickly, he doesn't really believe that he is supernatural. 
to be fair, being attacked by an invisible lizard will shift your priorities vis-a-vis the supernatural very quickly. Also will being attacked by someone who can control ice. Yeah. Cole spends a lot of the movie doubting himself, which is, again, not surprising. He's lost that spark by the start of the movie. We see him doing underground MMA-type stuff. And if you're wondering how underground, he's getting tapped day of for 200 bucks. And nobody really expects him to win. Yeah. Now, he did put up a way better fight than I was originally led on by that locker room conversation. Yeah. But he did ultimately lose that fight. So I want to make take a moment, though, to just really big props to whoever wrote these early underground MMA scenes because they did a really good job of really pointing out that even the underground stuff is still a sport because as he's gearing up and packing up to go home, the other fighter, the one who wrecked him in the ring, uh, gives him like a little fist bump and is like, hey man, that was a really good fight. Yeah. They they, they showed that these guys, they, they were not enemies. They were, they were enemies in the ring, but outside of the ring, they were both, sportsmen they were performers which i think is very important distinction that needed to be made for later in the movie when we started dealing with the actual mortal Kombat tournament and technically we never get the tournament yeah the tournament never happens but the stakes and the participants in that tournament it's a completely different animal from the, the MMA fights and stuff that he was in previously. This is not a sport. These are enemies in and out of the ring. And I I think making that distinction was important, and I'm glad they did it. Yeah. So if you haven't seen this movie in a while or haven't seen it at all, and you're wondering how we can have a Mortal Kombat movie without having the Mortal Kombat tournament, the, the setup for this is essentially that Shang Tsung decides that he before the tournament, he is going to send his champions to Earthrealm to kill all of Earthrealm's champions. Yeah. Basically take them out before the tournament because if Earthrealm shows up with too few champions or no champions, they can't really defend Earthrealm. Yeah, they can't defend Earthrealm and Earthrealm loses by default instead of having even the slightest chance of defeating the Outworld. Outworld, yep. So... We've got Cole going through all of this and coming to grips with it and being given the lore drop on this. Yeah. he. I mean, this is basically a hero's journey with Cole as our hero character. Yeah. There's, there's a few hero's, journeys beat, hero's journey beats it doesn't make, but for yeah. the most part. And what's really cool is partway through it, we also have a couple of uh, hero's journey side quests, let's call them. Where we've got several other characters who have their own abridged Hero's Journey's arcs alongside Cole, which you don't see that often anymore. Yeah, because you've got Sonya Blade, who starts the movie without the mark. without She's being... not chosen. Yeah, she's not one of the chosen ones. And... and you have Jax, who does have the mark. He is chosen because he killed someone else who was chosen. But he didn't have the, he didn't have his uh, his arcane awakened yet. He didn't have his arms. 
And then he lost his arms to Sub-Zero. Yeah. He loses his arms to Sub-Zero, and he gets them replaced with these chintzy robotic arms, which, oh, don't get me wrong, by by actual reality, realistic robotic augmentation standards, they were fucking amazing. But by movie standards, they were chintzy, pathetic robotic arms. That and they were they were borderline skeletal. He could pick things up, but he couldn't fight. Yeah, they they had no strength. So, having Jax and Sonya come into their own alongside Cole. Well, first of all. It really hammered home that Cole isn't necessarily our protagonist so much as he's our perspective character, and that these three are meant to be our protagonists. Yeah. Together. And that's hammered home a lot by the fact that Sonia is never shown to be incompetent. Oh, no. She is. She is an extremely strong, competent fighter. I mean, she was holding her own against somebody who had a fully activated arcane, and then later takes someone out who has an arcane. Yeah. She 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 held her own against Melina in a one-on-one fight. And the only reason that fight didn't go anywhere is because Melina was just like, oh, you don't have a mark, you're not even worth killing. Yeah. And then, of course, Kano decides to be Kano. Yeah. And, and that, that came back to bite him in the ass later. Yep. In a big way. Now, and granted, who here did not see Kano's betrayal coming, like, 27 miles out? Oh, I knew it was going to happen because it's Kano. I, I don't know the game lore. I knew it was going to happen. Yeah, Kano and Sonya have always had direct animosity going. And in the games, he starts on Outworld side. So... Although in the games, it's also a cybernetic eye that shoots a laser, so some liberty's taken. Well, do bear in mind that it is implied that Kano will be back because Shang Tsung at the end there says, death is just another doorway. He might be back or he might not be. Yeah, but basically using that line gives them the room to pull back any of the outworlders they kill. So, before we start getting into this really deep here, I want to take a brief moment to just let our audience know that the second half, really, where the true fighting starts... Is gory as... Yeah. Somebody gets cut in half on a buzzsaw... Hat. Somebody gets their head exploded. Basically, Hulk hand clap style. There's plenty of other... Goro's was... Rough. Yeah. Now, it is It is very obviously CGI, so it's not like hyper-realistic uber-gore, but it's still... It's Mortal Kombat gore, and while, yes, this is a Mortal Kombat movie, for, like, the entire first half, the goriest thing we got was Jax losing his arms. Yeah. So I just feel like giving you guys a heads up, second half where the real fighting starts... It goes full Mortal Kombat. Yeah, you you get the you get the fatalities. You get the fatalities. So the story picks up with the tournament ish. Lead up to the tournament, and you know, uh, Outworlds one nine. They only need one more. It's the standard Mortal Kombat premise. A couple of things they changed around was first of all the marks at all. These are not part of original Mortal Kombat lore, 
but I think they are cool for the purposes of the movie franchise. Uh, they also made the source of all of the supernatural powers, which yeah, I have mixed feelings on. It works narratively, but like I feel like the Mortal Kombat world is cooler because it was just naturally that weird and crazy. Of course, here's here's the interesting thing. It, it's not necessarily actually that the marks are the source of the supernatural power. It could just be that the marks are a byproduct of the supernatural power. No. Where do we get that confirmed? When they're walking into the training room for the first time. When they're actually telling them what the arcane marks are and how the marks are the gift that allows you to access the arcane... I choose to believe that they're idiots and don't know what they're talking about, and that the marks are a byproduct of the arcane. Or sorry, arcana. Whatever. Yeah, as much as I would like to be there with you on that hill, unfortunately they flat out say otherwise. Unreliable narrator. <laughs> also evidenced by the fact that, you know, Sony didn't get her ring blasts until after she killed Kano. Oops, spoiler! We all saw it coming. Well, no. She, ki- she killed Kano, and... Killing Kano, she got the Arcana from him, which means she also got the mark as a byproduct of the Arcana. Try not to pull a muscle with that reach. Listen, I would love for you to be right, but we both know you're not. I reject the reality this movie presents and her substitute for my own. You are not Adam Savage! Shut your mouth! How do you know I'm not Adam Savage? Because you're not Adam Savage! I'm looking right at you and you are not Adam Savage! Okay, first of all, you've never seen me and Adam Savage in the same room. Second of all, Adam Savage is such a master of special effects that I could be Adam Savage, and you would never know. If you were Adam Savage in disguise, you would look cooler. I'm number one! Also, if I looked cooler, that would defeat the purpose of the disguise of being a hideous loser with no prospects for reality. (laughs) My argument stands. <laughs> uh, Fatality. No, really, I'm Jamie Heineman. No, you're not deadpan enough. Also, I don't quite have a walrus mustache. You, you don't. And I and I don't think you can pull off a beret. I might be able to. I don't think so. I will tell you I can't pull off a fez. I do not look good with a fez. Nobody looks good with a fez. Not true. I've met a few people. But this is getting entirely off topic. So, alright, of course, Outworld's cheating because, of course, they are, and killing off all the champions, and blah, blah, blah. We've heard this story before. If you're here for the, for the, for a deep, rich narrative, <laughs> what franchise do you think this is? This is Mortal Kombat. The, this narrative exists for the sole purpose of, of setting up reasons for them to punch each other. Too much narrative, not enough punching. Your face has not enough punching. I agree. Kaiju, punch him in the face. Kaiju, punch him in the deck. Kaiju is just flagrantly ignoring both of us. Alright, so we've talked a little bit about the cast. Uh, the acting is really good. A little bit of the narrative, our, our basic bare-bones narrative here. And of course, by the end of the movie, everybody gets their arcanas unlocked and has discovered their true path and purpose and blah, 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 blah. blah. The real arcana was the friends they made along the way. Damn near. (laughs) Like, that is only a little bit of an exaggeration. Yeah, I mean, Cole unlocks his arcana because (gasps) his family's in danger. Oh no, it's really what means something to him. I mean, 
yeah, obviously, duh. Uh, yeah. We all saw that coming, like, five miles out. The moment they say, well, it's what means something to you. Okay. We were like, yeah, he's going to have to go save his family. And he's going to stand up to whatever is there without powers. And he's going to get his powers. And his powers are going to be cool. Now, I will say this. His powers are cool. His powers are cool. And honestly, the other thing, his powers are not what I expected. His powers are exactly what they should be for his fighting style. But what I was expecting the first time I watched this movie, I was expecting when he unlocked his arcana for him to become Scorpion. Yeah. Because uh, it was kind of implied that that was what was going to happen because we know he's a descendant of Scorpion and we see that this oh. release me. And- now, what I found really interesting is I wasn't expecting him to become Scorpion per se. Although the final fight, I was expecting him to be temporarily borrowed by Scorpion instead of what they actually did with that, which was having him just straight up manifesting out of hell. Yeah. Now, before anybody uh, gets at us about how Japanese culture doesn't have a hell per se or whatever, this is Mortal Kombat. There is a hell. Take it up with the writers of the movie, not us. Take it up with the writers of the franchise, because the netherworld and hell and all of that is directly out of the game canon. Okay, but either way, take it up with the writers, not us, because we're just quoting the movie. Yeah, Scorpion himself says... He came back from hell. There is almost nothing in this movie except for how they handled the, the, the scorpion coal thing that you don't see coming. And that's fine. This movie is not a type of movie that you need to have everybody guessing. But no, I, I, I can't see that I can't see things coming. I can't know that Kano's gonna be is gonna betray everyone and then get killed by Sonya Blade so she can get his mark. Yeah. <laughs> We all saw that coming since we met him chained to that chair. And even more so. We, it's like, we it was probably coming at that point. The place where we absolutely knew it was coming. Was, was when he, she took him down in the desert on the way there. Yeah, when he taunted her about not having a mark, and was like, well, come and take it. And she... Tears whooped, him apart. Yeah, whooped his ass, got his, got his own knife to his throat. And then let him up, because... In that moment, he wasn't worth it. Yeah, not worth it. And he basically mocks her because, well, she doesn't have the stones to kill him. So then, of course, once he does have his arcana, then she kills him. With a garden gnome. With a garden gnome. That he spit on. We're not kidding. Garden gnome. Right to the eye. Which makes it the second most ridiculous action kill I've ever seen. The winner still goes to shoot him up. A man gets stabbed in the eye with a carrot. Oh, I could I could think of some other ridiculous ones I've seen, but we should do that one sometime. It's gonna that one would take some work because you'd have to like really like research. I meant shoot him up. Oh, it's a wonderful, terrible, schlocky B action movie. I thought you were Clive Owen. I was thinking you meant an unleashed episode of ridiculous action movie. This isn't unleashed. This is idiots on film. We talk about films here. Get your get your act together, man. Yes, but we also talk about our other shows to make sure that people know we have other shows. Eh, sounds like something only an idiot would do. Hey, did you know that we have another show called Idiots Unleashed, where we talk about random nonsense pop culture topics? Ha, <laughs> shameless plug. Plug you in a minute. We don't have that kind of relationship. I meant full of lead, but uh, 
So we've got a, a movie with a story that everybody sees coming, and that's fine. I, I'll be honest with you. This this borderline obsession we have with having a movie that, God, I keep him guessing what's going to happen the whole time. What a twist! It needs to die. Sometimes you need to have a movie where you just enjoy the ride. And what needs to go away even more is... Oh, the audience guessed what I was doing. Let's change it. I am looking directly at you, J.J. Abrams. Mystery box, my... It's just lazy writing. Especially if you're using someone else's property. In your own property, you can use... You're getting off topic. We already covered that in an Unleashed episode. Meh. We're talking about Mortal Kombat. So, Mortal Kombat has a mystery box. No, it doesn't. There's no mystery. It's Mortal Kombat. It's a mystery of why anyone would take this movie seriously. Yeah, this it, this is a movie to have fun with. It, it's it's it is not high cinema, but it's still good. Definitely better than it had any right to be. Is it really good, or is it just entertaining? Oh, we don't have time for that debate. Because, I mean, if just entertaining is the standard of being good, then you have to accept that Sharknado is a good movie. I will stab you in the shark. With a shark. So, personally, I would say that this isn't a good movie, but it's a fun movie. I would say it's a good movie. Now, you know it would be a good movie. A movie dedicated entirely to the first, like, ten minutes of this before the actual movie starts when it's just Scorpion and Sub-Zero. That's the movie I want to see. Yeah, but we'll come back to that. There's one other thing we got to talk about. How, qu- how cute Kaiju is? I mean, Kaiju is pretty cute, but no, the effects. It looks like a video game. And I see no problem with that. But it's... It's a live-action movie, and the special effects were very obviously CGI and looked like they belonged in a video game. So, if it had been a fully CGI movie, it could have worked, but... Well, it, it, it did work. Nah, it didn't really work for me. It... To me, the special effects looked cheap. Now, granted, I will acknowledge they looked better than some of the special effects in recent Disney projects. Oops, did I say that out loud? And uh, we're going to get blacklisted by Disney. That's awesome. Which basically means we're done. We, we can't interact with the industry in any meaningful way because Disney f***ing owns everything. Hey, 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 Disney. Give your special effects people the proper time to get their work done and pay them a fair wage. And not a fair market wage, an actual Also, fair you're getting wage. off topic again. This wasn't even a Disney film. Are we sure? New Line Cinema. They don't own them yet. I think they do just through some evil shell corporation. I I mean, give it like five years, but they don't own them now. I am pretty sure Disney actually owns everything. Like, even us. Disney even owns us. We just don't realize it. They could afford to pay us. Yeah, but this is Disney. They're not going to. So that tangent aside, uh, going back to what you said before... Uh, I agree. The opening of the movie, I would, I would, I would watch that movie. Yeah, that was honestly that is the best part of this movie. S- seriously, uh, Sub Zero and Scorpion stole the show. 
both with that opening and with their final fight towards the end of the movie. Yeah, their final fight at the end of the movie was just... I have come back from hell to kill you. Jesus Christ! I mean, on one hand, that's that's a very, uh... What's the word I'm looking for? I don't know, but it's the delivery that sold yeah, it. Yeah, it's such a tropey line. But yeah, the delivery is amazing. And then when he says something to the effect of, You su- hoped I would suffer in the fires of hell but I learned to control them. And then he performs the the flamethrower fatality. Yeah. It's... Really, those two stole the show. I mean, Cole's arc was was okay, and honestly, I enjoyed his family. Which is actually really rare. I mean, the fact that his wife grabbed the axe and went after Goro... Yeah, like, she was just like, screw this! Literally says something to that effect. Grabs a wood axe, because they live in a farm... And, and goes into Goro from behind, accomplishes next to nothing, but, like, the, the fact that she did it, like, the bystanders in these things tend to usually just be bystanders. You know, if they make a sequel to this, and supposedly they are, mm-hmm. I want her to get a mark somehow. I want, like... Some outworld assassin to come after Cole. Cole isn't home. And at this Double point, barrel back of the head. Yeah, at this point, you know, she knows what's going on because I, in this world, I imagine that Cole actually is not the sort of, I'm not going to tell you what's going on to protect you. No, he's going to tell her what's going on. Oh, and, and I'm sorry, that veil has been torn down by that point. Oh, yeah. They were kidnapped by Sub-Zero. They have met Raiden and the other champions. Hey, you pronounced it Raiden instead of Raiden this time. No, I didn't. <laughs> Don't know what you're talking about. Uh, like, they're, they're involved. They know what's going on yeah. by this point. It, it would take uh, stupid memory magic plot trope crap, which they better not pull, to pull his wife and daughter back out of this world. Yeah, and so like I said, I would love to see it's like, they get, someone comes after Cole and instead finds his wife and she just like, you know. Like I said, double barrel, back of the head. And then she gets the mark and now she has to learn to fight. And Yeah, uh, that would be okay. I am looking to some of the other things that uh, we, we've, we've been hinted at that are coming up. If uh, I really do hope they do this sequel. Yeah, because I mean, we're probably going to get Johnny Cage. Yeah, they, 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 they ended the movie by strongly implying he's next. Yeah, they basically implied that Cole was heading off to find... So, at the end of the movie, Raiden's like, okay, I've assembled a list of champions, you need to go find them. Yep. And Cole says he's heading to Hollywood. Well, what's in Hollywood? Not Not what. what. Who? Who? And he walks by a Johnny Cage movie poster. Yep. So... Wasn't it Citizen Cage? Citizen Cage, fight for your right. What right? I don't know, but we're fighting for it, apparently, according to the movie poster. Yeah, I would I would straight up just watch a, a the, the, the whole the whole movie about Scorpion and Sub Zero. It was it was really well done. They stole the show. Yep. But that's also not surprising. They're both old school actors who've been in Yeah, I mean Scorpion that that guy has credits for days yeah 
uh, they were both really good. And I, there was an important distinction that we stumbled on in the note session that you had overlooked either because you just didn't notice or something else was going on or, 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 or. But he actually switches between Chinese and Japanese periodically when he's talking. And that, that by the way, is Sub-Zero, not Scorpion. Yeah, Scorpion Sub-Zero. only speaks yeah. Chinese. Japanese. Japanese, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Scorpion, so, there, there's a point where, where Bihan, Sub-Zero before he becomes Sub-Zero, rises and talks to him in Chinese. Uh, and this, it's this lengthy speech about how at last he's going to crush him and the, 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 your, your clan will be dead forever and I'll wipe out your bloodline. I don't know what you're saying. I don't I have no idea what you're saying, but your tone is clear and I'm going to have to kill you now is basically Scorpion's response. But well, yeah. Also, one random question for you out there in internet land. Yeah, because this I found interesting. So when I was watching this, and both I've, I've watched it twice now, both times I watched it on my television in the living room, directly off HBO Max, so there, there's no, no, no weird things going on here. At a couple of intervals in the movie, the camera goes out of focus. From at least, and that I saw. I can't tell you exactly where it happened because I have a very bad memory. But Graham did not notice it either time watching it. And the second time was actually after my second time and I'd mentioned it. So they were looking for it. I was looking for it. And yes, it's possible it got caught up in the action enough that I just didn't notice it because. That uh, happens with me. If I recall right, one of the sequences where it happened was the desert track. I didn't really notice anything falling out of focus there. Now, one of the things that's possible is Grim is running on a kind of old crappy monitor, unfortunately. So maybe the resolution was it was just enough that it just isn't as sharp. So it wasn't noticed. But I don't know. It's yeah, I don't know either. So if you noticed it, get back to us. Let us know. I find it interesting. We'll consider this an experiment of sorts. That's it for this week. Please consider rating, reviewing, following, and all that other nonsense on your favorite podcast platforms. If you'd like to tell us how much of idiots we are, or send Kaiju fan mail, or tell us if you saw the uh, camera come out of focus on this movie, you can email us at tiaadmedia at gmail.com, or you can join us on Discord and the various social media platforms linked in the show notes. You should also check out this great podcast. Who are we promoting this week? Hell if I know. We record these way in advance. I guess we just have to listen to the promo to find out who it is. Once upon a time, 27 years after the bombs fell, there were two people, a vault dweller and a California girl. They met and sparks flew. That's when things got interesting. Once Upon a Wasteland is their story. Follow Elizabeth Kirby and Odessa Valdez as they pursue their happily ever after in the post-apocalyptic Appalachian wasteland of Fallout 76. Available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and many other podcasting platforms. Once Upon a Wasteland, a Fallout 76 love story. Available now. That was the greatest promo I've ever heard. It moved me to tears. It was so good, I already forgot who it was for. I guess I have to go check the show notes now. We'd especially like to give a quick thank you to our supporters on Patreon and Kofi. Especially these idiots. Random Warrior, Rain, and Athen Mortis. 
You're banned. Still, you know what you did. Thank you. We couldn't do this without you. Except for maybe you, Athan. If you like what we do, please consider supporting us on Patreon or Ko-fi. You can get access to episodes a week early, shoutouts in our episodes, special behind-the-scenes bonus content. Also, we won't put commercials in our Patreon episodes. You can find us at patreon.com slash tiaadmedia and ko-fi.com slash tiaadmedia. Those links are in the show notes as well. And of course, thank you for listening to Two Idiots and a Dog.